This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Good evening again fellow Fox fans. I'm back. Just to prove to the ex-missus, I can do it twice a night. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV. And it's live. Oh, I think I am anyway. Just everything's just merging into one. Um, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. And this time I'm back with the Opposition View show. And tomorrow night we've got a small matter. Of- 
Indeed, oh, return, the first return fixture of the season. And we are up at Goodison Park. You can catch us now live, though, tonight on Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube, on Leicester Till I Die, the group on Facebook, and at Leicester TID on Twitter and on Periscope. We are live on all of those. And please, just a subtle little hint here, if you are watching us on YouTube, please press that subscribe button and uh, give us a follow. We would be extremely grateful. Like I say, that's my middle name there, Subtle. How are you doing? Anyway, I'm going to bring uh, an Everton fan in, and I've got to be a big thank you to him. He's, he's jumped in at the last minute to help us out. It's Gary, and he is from the Across the Park um, football podcast um, at Across the Park PC on Twitter. Let's bring him in and say, hello, Gary. How are you doing, Chris? Thanks for having me on. Bad, mate. Um, thanks a lot for coming on and uh, and getting me out of the uh, poo, as they say. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my, my erstwhile opposition fan uh, for Everton was was ill, so I uh, thank you very much for for uh, jumping in because you're doing it. This is your your second show tonight as well. It is, yeah. We, we literally finished recording um, fifteen minutes before I've come on here, so we were previewing obviously the, the game for tomorrow night as well as. Uh, our weekends fixtures and, and looking back on on the previous weekends as well. So, yeah, two shows for me as well. Yeah, you must be must be happy this season. Yeah, d- absolutely. It's it's been a it's been a um, a good season so far. I mean, we've had some disappointing results in there as well, thrown in there as as you have yourselves. <laughs> it's it's been a strange old season, but no, we can't be disappointed uh, with the. With our current position in the table, uh, we, yeah. we've obviously the task for us now is to win those games in hand and and to hopefully leapfrog yourselves. <laughs> well, hopefully you don't. But <laughs> is it, I mean, I, I can remember. Um, I, I, you know, I, I quite like Everton. I, I've got you know, there's, there's a lot of links between us uh, with players, etc. And I don't have. It's not a team that I particularly look at say, like a Man United or something like that, and go, oh, God, I hate you sort of thing. But it always strikes me with Everton, you're always the nearly boys. Yeah, I suppose until you guys won the Premier League, it was similar to yourselves, wasn't it? I mean, we had a we had a very, very strong patch in the 80s, the mid-80s, but it's well documented now that we haven't won a trophy for, for a long time, for, for 25 years and counting, so... Uh, yeah, we've very much been the, the nearly boys in my lifetime. I mean, I was born in 1985, so you know, I only caught the, the latter end. Of, you know, as a very, very young human being, you know, I yeah. certainly wasn't a football football watching fan at that time. So I've only seen us win really one one trophy within within my lifetime. So it's um, yeah, it, it, that's a very good description. Certainly under David Moyes, we 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 were. We're very much the, the nearly boys, and and even in our, our recent years under you know Martinez, Cumin, etc., we haven't we just haven't hit the heights that we were expected to. I mean, you had a lot of injection of cash, similar to this year when you had David Silver as manager, and we all know that 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 kind of didn't go didn't go well, didn't didn't end up well. But I mean, you got Ancelotti this time. He's he's got to be he's got to win something for you, hasn't he? Yeah, you know what? It, yeah, there's, there was after David Moyes, we had Roberto Martinez, we had uh, Ronald Koeman, Marco Silva, as you've just mentioned, 
um, you know, Sam Allardyce came in and, and done a job to try and see, you know, save us at, apparently at one point. But no, all of those managers since David Moyes have been blessed with cash more so, you know, Cumin and 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 Marjo Silva. The money hasn't been spent well enough up until until recently. Um, I think the appointment of Marco Brand, Marcel Brands as our director of football was just as significant. Uh, before we brought in Carlo Ancelotti, he was tasked with trying to make sure that we reduced the the average age of the squad and, and we invested in, in younger talents. You know, Ancelotti's obviously come in as an experienced winner as a manager, and, uh, and he's brought in some more, you know, proven winners and. And, and, you know, world-class talent in the face of, you know, Hamas Rodriguez. You know, he's brought in Alan from, from Napoli, who's given us a bit more steel. Decore, I, I wasn't sure about, to be honest. Um, he, we've been linked with him for a number of years from Watford, but, he, but he's been a, a very shrewd signing. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the business in the summer has is, is, is proven, you know, pretty successful so far. And like you say, in, in the face, in Ancelotti, we've got someone who knows how to win trophies and hopefully... He can bring us the, the elusive trophy we've been waiting for so long. Andy Meadows is going to say good evening to Andy. He's commented here, Everton need to win a trophy to shut your noisy neighbours up. <laughs> I, I think it'll take more than one trophy to shut them up. But uh, yeah, <laughs> one trophy would be a start and, and hopefully them um, capitulating and, and going to bits would, would help as well. It looks like they're, you know, they're, they're certainly having the best of times at the moment. But yeah, uh, to answer this question, it'll take more than one trophy, I think, to shut them up. I, I think I think you're right. But um, they're, they're pretty much similar to what, to what happened to us last year. And obviously it's early doors, but... You know, we, we were going along great guns last season. We looked nailed on for Champions League po- uh, place. Obviously, we then had, you know, the, the lockdown. And, and post-lockdown, it went all wrong for us, culminating in Man United pipping us on the last day, which obviously went well for them in the Champions League. But uh, you, you kind of had your blip early on. Yeah, we did. Um, I, I think it was a bit of a lack of balance in the team, if I'm being honest. We flew out the blocks. We, we won a lot of games. Um, but we then found that, you know, we, we, we had a little bit too moment, too much momentum going forwards and we weren't really concentrating enough on on, on the, you know, keeping those clean sheets. Jordan Pickford had a, 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 a difficult couple of weeks in between the sticks, which didn't help. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a strange time, really. After we started really well, but I think, you know, we, we all considered a look back at it. It was a little bit, you know, our, our new signings hadn't quite bedded in yet and, and and we hadn't quite established the system that was allowing us to to keep clean sheets while also giving our players freedom going forward. And I know you have experienced the same ones as Brendan Rodgers. It's hard to get that balance of attacking football whilst also being strong enough at the back against the better teams. And yeah. and that's what we've seen, really. We come up against some better, better sides and more organised sides. The likes of Leeds, uh, you know, give us a really tough time. I think it was only 1-0 at home, but we really found it difficult against, difficult against them. You know, some sides like Newcastle away that was just putting men behind the ball and, and you know, we were trying to throw all our men forwards and getting caught on the counter. So there was some frustrating results thrown in there, like you say, but yeah, we, we've, we, we hopefully had our, our poor patch now and, and ironically, you know, we, we managed to string results together when we had a lot of players injured, which I think has helped because we're now, we're now getting players back fit again and, you know, we're missing a massive player in Decoy against yourselves tomorrow, along with Alan, um, who, who's been out for a few weeks, but having both of them missing, is a major concern for me ahead of tomorrow. 
I mean, like you said, then we had it right at the start of the season. I mean, we I don't think our well, we, it was our first choice back four were all out, and you know, we brought we brought Christian Fuchs, Mark Albright, and, you know, these players that were probably back to on the fringe. You know, they're still there from the the the, the, the league winning squad, but they were playing week in week out. Or Brighton mm. still is, to be fairness to him, and it's like you know, players that. <laughs> probably, you know, played more in nine games this season than they played in the previous three seasons put together. But like you say, you know, we've now, now got our players um, back and fit, unfortunately, apart from a certain Mr Vardy. Like you've got a big player out tomorrow. Do you look at that and think, thank God he's out? Absolutely. I mean, Jamie Vardy, he's been a thorn in most team sides for, for a long time you know extraordinary goal scorer um, you know even when you guys have not been playing well or have not had the best of times he, he's always managed to find the back of the net he, he he's he, you know full credit to him you know I, I've been waiting for him to break down the last three or four years not not that I, I dislike yourselves but you know just yeah. thinking you know this is going to yeah. be the season that he's going to you know it's yeah. finally going to catch up with him because he, he plays at such an electric pace doesn't he Um mm. But yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's definitely a boost for us. He's not on the team, albeit Inacho's got a few goals against us down the years as well, the last few years. So, you know, we always seem to be the team that, that, that the players who, who who don't necessarily, you know, hit the heights every every day. We will normally nick a goal against us. So, uh, yeah, it's a boost for us. I dread listening to the game beforehand and the commentator saying, like, player A hasn't scored for the last, you know, Five home games, and you're thinking, like, no, don't say that they're playing Leicester. It's gonna, he's gonna do it today. Yeah, cheers for that. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it, it, I, I, you know, it's fair to say that Human Vardy is is a massive blow. Anyone would be missing a player as as prolific as he is, and and you know, he, he he's been such a talisman for you down the years, hasn't he? No matter who you've signed, he, he's consoled he himself the main man. I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, and I was saying this literally on the earlier show, which was the preview show, is the fact that we always say we we do need another striker. Uh, Perez isn't an out-and-out striker. Um, he, he plays, I, I likened him to Peter Beersley with uh, with Gary Lineker for England. He plays off off the main striker. Inacho hasn't been given the game time. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't had the time to sort of build up, you know, strikers need to be playing, or any player needs to be playing week in, week out. Unfortunately, you know, he's only going to come on when Vardy is injured or banned or, or what have you. Um, but it's quite good that Vardy hasn't actually scored for about four or five games, but we've got Barnes and Madison coming through. They are supplying the goals for us at the moment. So, we haven't got Vardy, but you've got to watch out for those two. James Madison is an exceptional player. You know, he's someone that we we, we apparently tried to sign just before Steve Walsh, our, our former um, director of football, left. Um, he left that as a little bit of a in brackets, but I was going to sign James Madison after he'd sent a dross before that. But um, <laughs> no, he, he was an ex, he was a brilliant acquisition for you guys, and and he you know he took to the Premier League like he took to Wolves, didn't he? And I, to be fair to Rogers, I love the way he's he's gradually brought him back, he's dipped him in and dipped him in and dipped him in, and he's really got him in peak peak condition now, hasn't he? I know I've, I've watched think, him the last few weeks, and he, he's really pairing, isn't he, Madison? I think that's the thing, and I think that, and you know, you you, you might not you know have much love for Rogers having managed the the red half of the the city, but. Um, he, do, he hasn't brought players back 
just because they're fit and they are a name. If the See, Chewie's done the same with, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, and Madison, you know, the players that had replaced him were doing all right. And he's gently eased him back in, which is also good for the players as well. We are sort of as near to our strongest squad as we were. But, of course, you mentioned Steve Walsh there, who, of course, was part of the... Um, uh, Craig Shakespeare, Nigel Pearce, and trio that, that that won the league, and we were we were so annoyed when we lost him to you because he did find the likes of Mares, Kante, uh, etc. I, I think what what it's what's what's been uncovered about Steve Walsh is he has a very good network of scouts in in France and 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 in certain parts of the UK that I think kind of moved on a little bit and they. In their, you know, in terms right. of the players that that they were able to to get cast their eyes on, so I think it was it was kind of the right time, right place for Steve Walsh and for you guys. I think you, you fell upon him at the right time. It, it just so happened that he happens to have a few players in the pipeline, and I, I don't think he genuinely was a very good scout. I just think he he just had a few good contacts at that one time, and and you obviously were beneficiaries of that in the likes of Kante and and, and the ones you just mentioned. But he come to us and and he got found out. I think. <laughs> I think he spent more time in, in the booze and, and on the golf course than he did looking at players. But, um, we, we, we had the best years then. Oh, you did. You absolutely did. He, he just had our pants down um, with, yeah. with a big salary and, and spent all Machiri's money. Um, yeah. But, you know, certainly going back to, uh, to Madison and Harvey Barnes, though, you know, credit to Brendan Rodgers. I know, I know you said before that I might not have a, a lot of love for Brendan Rodgers, and that's fair, but I've got a lot of respect for, for what he's done, uh, even with that last across the park. You know, he, he got a lot out of what at the time was a pretty weak squad. Um, and, you know, he converted players like Joe Allen into into worldies. And, you know, he, he made Raheem still probably play that he is today or went a long way towards that. You know, Daniel Sturridge has failed to hit the heights since, since Brendan Rodgers left, albeit injuries have, have, have stunted his development as well. Luis Suarez it was, you know, it was obviously an exceptional talent, but he, he you know, helped him along his way. So, you know, I've got a lot of respect for what he's done at Liverpool and, and the way he develops players. He certainly has got a knack of getting the best out of young talent and, and, and you know, working with them on the, on the training pitch. He does. And I think, you know, we, we, when we look at our, our transfer window, you know, we, we didn't we didn't go mad in the summer. What we bought quality, and it was young quality as well, you know. And uh, he, he he does have a certain sort of player that he goes for, and that that generally is young. But talk talking to players, I've got to ask you about this guy. And obviously, I don't follow Everton like like you do. Who is going to be your goalkeeper tomorrow? It'll be it'll be Jordan Pickford. Um, he, he, to be fair, Ancelotti, he, he's been very open about the fact that you know he he. he he wants to rotate his goalkeepers. He feels that um, he wants Olsen to be ready when he's, you know, when he's to be called upon. But he's made clear that Jordan Pickford is still is number one. Um, yeah. So Jordan Pickford will be the goalkeeper tomorrow. It's actually helped Jordan Pickford. Uh, I said before he has a, he has a very difficult eighteen months at Everton. He's come under a lot of scrutiny from the national media um, because of his performances for Everton. Uh, it hasn't really impacted that much on his England performance. Southgate has been fully behind him, to be fair. But, you know, his form of late, you know, and I'm saying this now, and this will be a commentator's case, um, <laughs> his form of late in the last couple of months has, has been exceptional. When he's come back and after having a game off or whatever, you know, whilst Olsen's deputised, he, he's, been, he's been, you know, very... Um, 
confident in his decision making, but not overly confident within the issue with Pickford in the past. Um, he's been making more calm, sensible decisions. It, you know, his shot stopping has never been an issue. Um, it's it's been some of the basics of like coming and taking crosses, and sometimes trying to do a little bit too much with his feet because he is good with his feet. But it will be Pickford who starts tomorrow, um, and I'm hoping it's it's a performance like we've seen over the last couple of months. But I'm sure you're hoping it's not. I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of Pickford, and I mean, I, I obviously see him more in an England shirt than I do in, in an Everton shirt. And you know, there's all these rumours about the, the bad games, but I mean, also, and I've got to be honest with you, he had a great game against us in that first uh, first game earlier in the season. Yeah, and and that was one of the games where you know when he first he, he, he sat Dalton for that game, you know, people were looking around going, "Was this Pickford dropped?" Ancelotti was really quick to say no, it's not. You know, Robert Elson is a good goalkeeper. I brought him in um, because he's a good goalkeeper. He's a good player. He needs minutes, but Pickford will be right back in the next game. And to his credit, he was back in, and it's got the best out of both players. You know, Elson came in again um, in the cup game, and again looked very solid, very very dependable. Um, doesn't do a lot wrong, but. What he hasn't got to his game, got the size he hasn't got to his game is the distribution, which sometimes you'll know which Michael can, can be a match winner for you. If he keeps capable of hitting that long ball and hitting it early and hitting the front man early, then it can win you the game. So, yeah, it, it's worked out well for Pickford's form and, and hopefully that continues. It, it can do with, with Michael. Problem is 50% of his balls always end up in the crowd. <laughs> but if we do have... Um, uh, one um, fault with Michael, it is, his, uh, it is his kicking out, you know, when he gets it right, he gets it right, but unfortunately he doesn't always get it. Pickford uh, <laughs> is not good. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, it, it depends. It, it, yeah, I think if you if you're looking at one of your, your best opposition players and your goalkeeper took him out and he ends up being out for the rest of the season, then it depends which way you look at it. It certainly took a spring after Liverpool step. <laughs> I think I think you've probably got twenty fans of eighteen other clubs going like, yeah, great, well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they have struggled. I mean, we, we're talking. We say we did. This is, as I say, the, the return leg, our first return leg of the season. You played us at our place when our home form was a little bit iffy, to say the least. We were we couldn't seem to lose away from home. We couldn't seem to win at home. But Charleston and Holgate won. You know, either you know. First half and second half, two 0 win. That that was a good win for you, wasn't it? It was, and it, and it come at a time when when we needed it really. We were we were missing players. Holgate in that particular game uh, was playing right back. He, he's a natural centre back. Um, Godfrey Ben Godfrey we got from uh, Norwich in the summer. Another natural centre back was playing left back. You know, it, it, you know, he, he's not even left footed. So. We had a, a makeshift back four that night, but it worked in our favour. We, we basically had four centre-backs uh, in the back four and said, come on, come at us. We knew that yeah. you were going to dominate possession. We knew that you were going to throw men forwards. And I think we were looking to just try and obviously hit you on the break with our pace, which I remember that even in a Wobie had a particularly good game, one of the better nights that he's had. He played as like a, an orthodox kind of wing-back, if you will, even though we played four-back there. So it was, um, it was a good night for us. I think it was one of those nights where... You know, we had players out, but we could only really play in the counter attack. And that suited yeah. at the time playing user home where you were struggling a little bit for confidence. 
we were. I mean, we, we had we had sixty one percent possession, which you know, <laughs> as we know, that doesn't count for anything in games these days. But uh, we, we we had fourteen shots to your eleven, but we only got two of those on target, which was probably one of, one of the problems we had. You you got you got six on target. It's obviously it's the ones that go in the back of the net, as they say, that 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 count. But you four well, the, the, the whole. That was good. I was just going to say the Holgate one was was quite significant and it, it's probably going to be something you're going to have to look out for tomorrow. I think we've scored more goals from set plays than any other team now this season. Um, so it's really our biggest strength um, as an attacking force in the in the set plays. And, uh, you know, that that's something that I think that I'm hoping we can, we can exploit tomorrow. Well, I can tell you something. If you're worried about us getting on top at all, just put the ball out for a corner to us because we are absolutely <laughs> shit on corners. We're the only team that has failed to score from a corner. Um, there we go. It, it took. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually I do the pre-match show, uh, obviously before every match with 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 with, uh, with my friend Josh, and he always says every game, this is the game. Leicester City are going to score from a corner, and he's been wrong every single week so far. Um, we we did struggle for the first half of the season to even get it ball past the first man. But, <laughs> uh, but no, give us the corner, and you get corners because Brentford managed to get one in. Passed us from the corner, so set that, piece, yeah. and set pieces are not our strong point. So if, if you're good at set pieces, we, we, you are gonna you are gonna do us something. I hope so. <laughs> you know, but go, going in, like I say, you, your form going into this, um, you've only lost one, one in the last five, and and we know we feel your pain on that one. It was West Ham. We lost to West Ham as well. Uh, but we're also on on a run here of uh, we've not been beaten in six or seven now. It's it's got, it's got nil nil written all over it, hasn't it? It has, hasn't it? You know, two, two teams in form who, who are fairly free flowing in terms of the goals as well. Um, yeah, you know, you'd, you'd expect if you're neutral looking at the form table, it's going to be an exciting game to watch. But like you say, Sod Law tells you it's going to be it's going to be a nil nil. But I, I, we just previewed the game in our podcast, and, and I, I really found it difficult to, to pick a winner. I actually predicted a two-two, um, which again tells you probably it's definitely going to be nil-nil. But um, <laughs> no, I, I actually think that the that, that both sides are, are going to fancy themselves tomorrow. Um, yeah. I think we will have to go on attack here tomorrow because you know one we're home, two we're missing our two deep line midfielders, so we can't really just sit back and try and soak it up as, as much as we did at the King Power. Um, and we, we've got forwards that, that are now in form. You know, Calvert-Lewin is back in, amongst the goals. Richarlison just scored again at the weekend, albeit in the cup. James Rodriguez looks like he, he's really fit and sharp and, and up for it. Awobi, you know, it looks decent as well. So we've got a lot of attacking players who will be really chomping at the bit to, to get minutes and, and to get on the score sheet. I mean, I, I look at that, and you've just named a lot of them there, but I look at that at the Everton squad that is there this season, and I'm looking at that squad and thinking, that's a top six squad. You'd think so. I mean, I've thought that quite a few seasons when I've looked at our squad, but certainly now, you know, you have got names in there that, that would command a place in most squads in the Premier League. You know, a Wobie, I think most Arsenal fans were kind of, looking at him as, as if to say, was he the one that got away? You know, he showed a lot of potential. Did he get played in his correct position? I don't know. I think when he first turned up, he didn't he didn't look great. He looked like a player who was short on confidence, but 
you know, a good manager, Ancelotti seems to, to be getting something like the best out of him now. James Rodriguez, I haven't watched him on a number of occasions, well, watched him every game this season that he's played, is a phenomenal talent, even at 29 years of age. Nobody's telling me that he's still not a world player. And hopefully he shows that again tomorrow. Richarlison, I've got no doubt that, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to keep him for, for much longer than a season or two. I think he'll be at one of the top clubs in, in Europe. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin is 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 proving me wrong. I didn't yeah. think he was the striker that that he that he's shown this season. He certainly found a knack for scoring, and and that was the only thing he was lacking. You know, and it sounds a bit of a mad thing to say because that should be the only thing that you should be judged on. Well, the main thing you judged on as a striker. You know, you spoke about Gary Lineker before that he was just goals, and that was it, and that was enough for him, and it's enough for most strikers. But a little bit like Vardy, he's got a lot of facets to his game. He, he he runs the channels a lot. He holds the ball up. He's decent in the air. He's got so much pace, but he wasn't scoring any goals. But now he's putting goals into his game. He suddenly looks like a a, a fan, you know, ridiculous talent. So yeah, we've got a lot of attacking players, and and hopefully, you know, they can maintain the form. It's just getting that um, right manager to come in and and get you know get the right. Do press the right button for some of these plays, isn't it? You know, uh, I spoke to um, a, a, a Tom Parry. Now he, he's an Everton fan as well, and we, we do on the website. We have the web version of of this on LeicesterTillIDie.com. Um, he, actually, uh, I said to him, "Where do you see sort of Everton and Leicester this season?" And he's got to, uh, you down as third and us down as fourth <laughs> at the end of the Ooh. season. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Would you go along with him? Uh, I think at our best, you know, if we can both maintain our form, I think we'd both like to think that we've got a chance of finishing the top four. If I'm going to be honest, one or two, we'll, we'll, we'll sneak into the top four. Um, I'm not sure both of us will. I couldn't even call which one it is now. I think tomorrow's game will go a long, towards, a long way towards pushing one closer than there. I mean, look at, you know, a win for us tomorrow puts us three points behind you, I think, with two games in hand, or maybe even closer. Um, a win for you guys puts puts us, you know, significantly ahead of us. You know, all the wheels still have a couple of games in hand. I hate having games in hand, as I, I don't know about you, but it, you just want the points on the board, don't you? So every time I, I I just look when we when you're doing well, you want the points on the board. When you're not doing well, you want the games in hand so you can hopefully get the points on the board. I That's think it. you're. you're games behind us so if you win tomorrow you're three points behind with with just the one game in, uh with you no know, you still have two you'll have three points behind yeah. with two games and that's right you're seven goals behind us on on the on the table but um looking at and we'll, we'll, we'll end with this now and i appreciate you, you you've you've done a lot tonight but looking at score nice. prediction um Ian Marshall, a, a foot in both camps. There, it's not often he goes against Leicester. He, he says it as he uh, as he thinks it does. Uh, does Big Marsh? He's gone for a two-one to us, as has Steve Walsh, the player, not the uh, not, yeah, not yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, Steve Linux and myself have gone for uh, a one-one draw, and the other guy went. He went two 0 Everton, Tom Parry. So, what 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 are you going to put your money on if you were a betting man? Whoops. Yeah, if I was a betting man, I, I would go for a score draw. Just to be different to the other lads, I, I would go for a 2-2. I, I, I do believe both teams have got goals and I think we've got you know, a lot of threat from set pieces um, if we don't 
you know, breakthrough in open play. I, I think you guys, like you spoke about before, in Harvey Barnes and, and um, you know, Madison have, have still got players that, that, that can that can score from, from in any moment. And I think Ian Acho, he'll probably, I expect, get the nod tomorrow as, as the forwards. You know, he's, he's a bit of a fox in the box, isn't he? And, uh, you know, I can imagine him getting on the end of something. I don't know. I just feel like there's goals in this. I feel like there's more than two goals in there, but I just can't pick a winner. And as much as my heart's selling me and, and you know, optimism selling me, we can nick it. I, I, I think I think a 2-2 is probably where it's going. I would have I would have felt more confident had Vardy been playing, obviously. But um, yeah. it is, I, I said, for us, it almost feels like the Premier League winning season. That every time we're coming up against a team, I'm thinking this is the one that the wheels are going to come off the wagon. And yet we're not. We're still up there with third and uh, and what have you. But um, like you say, or like the saying goes. The, the football should be the winner, but we know that's a load of bollocks. So you want Everton, I want Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, fuck with a beautiful game. If it's a scrappy one nil that goes in off in Acho's arse, I'll take it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. 100%. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. Give, give you uh, give your podcast a quick shout out and where people can find you. Yeah, so it's across the park podcast. Um, you can find us on on Twitter um, at the at across the park PC or Instagram. Exactly the same. We're on Facebook, Across the Park Podcast, or our website, Across the Park Podcast. uk. There we go, and you can, uh, I'm sure, go on and or any of those and leave insulting messages when we beat. Yeah, you. Or, or, or of course, any any of the podcast listening listening apps, you can find us on there as well. But thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it, and yeah. I'd say best of tomorrow, but I wouldn't mean it. <laughs> You, you wouldn't mean it at all, and I take that in the way that it's meant. But best of luck for the rest of the season after tomorrow. Cheers, mate. Take care, Chris. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for coming on. Take care, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Gary, everybody, or Judgy, as his, his nickname goes, um, from Everton. And a big thank you, a big shout-out to him for coming on uh, at the last minute and, and helping us out. Don't forget, this has been Leicester Till I Die. We are on YouTube, Leicester Till I Die TV, Facebook, Leicester Till I Die, the group, obviously, and Twitter and also um, Periscope, at Leicester TID. And if you want to listen to us on Catch Up, we're on all the main podcast platforms, as indeed we're across the park. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple iTunes, we're on Anchor, and we're on Google, Lester Till I Die. And don't forget, if you can go onto YouTube and just give us a quick subscribe, we would love you forever. Guys, I'll be back tomorrow about 20 to 20 to 8 with Josh for the pre-match show just after the team's announced, and we'll be looking at the team and seeing... Is it Perez? Is it Inacho? We'll find out tomorrow. And then post-match, of course, with Brad about 40 minutes after the game. Take care, guys. Here's to three points tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Take care. See you tomorrow. Good night now. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.